2: TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you
0: love with TCL. Get in the know, nonstop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. All right, Doogie, give us an update. You have updates on Delvin Cook and Everson Griffin. Vikings
2: also trying to shuffle guys in and out of the COVID list. So let's start with Dalvin Cook. What do you got for us? I think the deal gets done. I don't know if it gets done by the time he talks to us. He's scheduled to talk to us on August 14th. I think that's an interesting day to circle. But I think it's when, not if. I do. I think the deal absolutely gets done. Rick Spielman the other day on a Zoom call with us. Jed, I don't know if you were on that call on on Monday. I was not. You know, Even going back any number of months, going back to the Combine, I mean, Spielman publicly has gushed about just how valuable Dalvin is. Gary Kubiak has done the same. They realize that they need to take care of him. He's one of their own. He's done everything right. He's a key to their offense. I think he's a key to how much success they have this season, presuming there is some semblance of a season. So I'm just telling you, my sense is the way talks are going, that there's been some positive trends that I think it's going to happen. Uh,
1: With Pierce gone now and Defensive tackle being up in the air, Dukes, do you see them possibly bringing in a, a guy like my guy, Snacks Harrison, or do you think that they're going to probably try and go with uh, Shamar Steffen and Watts and go from there?
2: Well, what's interesting on Watts is he's now on that COVID-19 reserve list, right? Yeah, so yep, just went on. I don't have all the particular details there, but he might be on for a bit. Like I can tell you one of the players currently on the list, Cam Smith. Mm -hmm. hasn't been showing symptoms, but he remains on the list. Or look at the twins, like Nick Gordon. Have we heard any sort of update on Nick Gordon going back a month?
1: No, he's still in Florida.
2: He's still on that list. So you just don't know when it comes to to Watts. I can tell you, Judd, that it's more agents calling the Vikings, right? After agents saw, hey, you make this transaction for P.J. Hall, but then he ultimately fails his physical A lot of agents, the agents for Snacks Harrison, for Mike Daniels, for you name the available guys, Jernigan is another name. There's a bunch of free agent defensive tackles. All these agents are being proactive. They are calling Rob Brzezinski. They are calling George Payton saying, hey, sign my guy. So far, there's no traction on that, but I wouldn't completely dismiss that idea. Hey, I'm just real
0: quick on the on the Dalvin front, do you have any idea what kind of financial parameters we could be looking at?
2: Well, I mean, I think if you look at the Derrick Henry contract, four years, $50 million, what is it, $25.5 million guaranteed? I mean, those are parameters in which to work off of. I do think Dalvin is asking for a little bit more. We can debate if he's worth more that, than that's, that's Derrick tough, Henry. Durability-wise, yeah. Henry, right? Yes. Passing game-wise, Cook in a blowout. Derrick yep. Henry is a non-factor in the passing game so it depends on how you want to slice and dice it but you could argue you know just like dalvin here i mean that titan's offense goes as derrick henry goes so i think those are interesting parameters i was told that he would happily take the david johnson deal you know oh. david's now it's the texans but david signed in arizona three years 39 million a couple years ago so i think those are working numbers
1: that's too much for my blood that, too. that's too too rich. The Henry contract to me is probably fair. Uh, Do do we also think that the Vikings are going to invest the five mil that they got back from Pierce opting out for 2020? Do we think that that's going to go towards Dukes, another acquisition, possibly a defensive tackle or corner? Or is that more likely to go to Dalvin in what could become, I guess, a front loaded deal for 2020 and then go from there?
2: I could see more the latter than the former. But that being said, Judd, I was told they made Everson Griffin an offer. It was a low offer, but if a guy like Everson or maybe some vet defensive back or some other vet defensive end, you know, Ziggy Ansa's out there, some other guys are out there, not that the Vikings have shown any interest in Ansa or other defensive ends, but I'm just saying if a guy is willing to take their offer, albeit maybe the vet minimum, but if a guy's willing to take their offer, I think the Vikings would happily take a veteran, but I think the likelihood is more the latter, not the former, that the Vikings – give Dalvin a raise here for the 2020 season. Right now he's scheduled to make what about $1.4 million, yeah. which is like 35th among running backs in the entire national football league. Everson Griffin. Yeah. I mean, they've made him an offer, Phil. They've made him an offer. Now the 49ers are the latest team to hop in. The 49ers had Ansa and Dion Jordan, two free agent defensive end ends in for visits earlier this week. So the 49ers are are making some calls You know, the Seahawks have kicked the tires, the Cowboys have kicked the tires, the Giants have kicked the tires, the Raiders have kicked the tires. There's a bunch of teams that have at least inquired about Everson. The Packers have as well, but my sense is nothing is like imminent, but like the days are are winding down here. I mean, pretty quick here, teams are going to be on the field. So if you're Everson, you better make up your mind pretty darn quick, but I do know that the Vikings have made him an offer. Is there bad blood at all there? Like, do, do things have to be? Do feelings have to be smoothed out before I he comes back? I don't think so. I think Everson feels indebted to the Vikings, the team that took a chance on him a number of years ago when he fell all the way to the fourth round. Then everything he went through publicly a couple years ago, Les Pico, others with the Vikings have done so much work. You know, to get Everson back to the right mental state, that my sense is that that Everson doesn't have any bad blood towards the Vikings.
1: Wolves' potential sale is where right now, Dukes?
2: I'm told that there is a group that has exclusive negotiating rights right now, that these exclusive negotiating rights expire before the month is over. I don't have the definitive date, but sometime here in August, my belief is I've not been able to nail this down, but for sake of of this podcast, for, for fodder's sake, my sense is it's it's the Strauss group. Daniel E. Strauss, the former limited partner of the Memphis Grizzlies, he tried to ultimately buy out Robert Para, but para had first right of refusal. He's made his money in, in the medical field. You know, mid-60s guy, a New Yorker who's worth, you know, he's worth a ton of money. The question is, Who is part of his group? Like, I had somebody suggest I need to dig on Meyer Orbach, who's a limited partner right now with the Wolves. Mm -hmm. He would love to be the majority owner of the Wolves. I'm told Glenn isn't likely to go that route, but Orbach has around 20% ownership right now in the Wolves. He's a New York guy, so with Strauss being a New York guy, is there the potential of Strauss and Orbach connecting? I'm also told, something we talked about last week, Judd, to not dismiss the Wilfs in this equation. That they're still lurking. I buy that. Yeah, I, yeah that they're I, that still... makes sense. Now, who knows? Maybe something gets completed with this group that has these exclusive negotiating rights. But if it doesn't, I'm just saying at this point, never say never. Until we have a transaction, never say never on the Will family.
0: Now, I, I, what I'm about to say is biased because I don't know enough about the New York group that you're referencing. But... I think from a fan perspective, the Wolves would be the number one choice. If you're a Timberwolves fan or if you would like to be a Timberwolves fan at some point and the incompetence and the losing have just made it impossible for you, the Wolves have proven to be excellent NFL owners that have put a quality product on the field on a regular basis. And most importantly, they don't alienate key figures in the organization. They don't have falling outs with Fran Tarkenton and Chris Carter and Randy Moss. And so I think they'd be wise enough to, if they were to buy the team, I think they'd be wise enough to bring Kevin Garnett into the fold in some capacity and celebrate his career and give him some influence in the organization. So I, without knowing a lot about some of the other groups, Dugues, I just think if you're a Wolves fan, the, the Wolves have proven to be good sports owners over the last 10 years or so. They have. 15 years, Now,
2: if you're a Wolves fan, you might, like, choice one could potentially be the KG group, right? And Shooter had the note in the Sunday Pioneer Press. He's got some money people in Florida and California. I've heard maybe potentially China. I don't have specific names, but if you're a Wolves fan, I think you like the idea of just KG being involved in some form or fashion, although personally, I would not give him personnel control. I don't want him making big-time basketball decisions. Yeah, you know, If he wants to have a say, fine, but I don't want him having final say. But I think if you're a Wolves fan, you want KG involved. But that would be an interesting scenario, Phil, where if the wolves ultimately end up with the team, you know, KG's group loses out, but finding a way to bring KG into that group.
1: Hmm. Uh, we, we've we got a uh, Gopher football schedule as of yesterday, which I believe is now a 10-game conference schedule. Dukes, from the people you talk to, what is the hope that we're actually going to have a season? Because it does strike me as odd that I believe that schedule kicks off approximately one month from now. They're not really practicing yet, or if, if they are, it's very um, structured and small stuff. What is the hope that we are actually going to have a Big Ten football season? And if that hope exists, when do you think it really does start? Because a month seems quick.
2: As Mike Grant told me at Eden Prairie High School yesterday, Judd, we just don't know on so many of these things, right? Mm -hmm. Like, we can speculate, but really, the real answer is, I don't know. Now, they will start training camp tomorrow. Now, they've been doing workouts, so they've been on the field informally, But formally, training camp is scheduled to start tomorrow. P.J. Fleck will either later today or tomorrow. He's scheduled to do some sort of Zoom chat with a few of us. So maybe we'll get more clarity. I think, honest to God, as cliche as this is, Judd, day by day. But you look at, like, Rutgers right now or Michigan State or any number of other schools, but specifically those two in the Big Ten, the numbers are alarming. And, yeah, I mean, it's less than a month from now. September 5th. Yeah. The golfers are supposed to hop on an airplane September 4th. And we 4th don't know that th- for East the Gophers Lansing. right
1: now, correct? As far as the COVID-19 uh, positives? Well, in? yeah,
2: they didn't release the July numbers. I am told, going back to the numbers they released in June, they didn't go sport by sport, but I'm told football did have some positive tests. I hmm. think maybe it's some of the bigger guys. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Just... Uh
0: give us some give us some rapid fire scoops here. Empty the scoop bag for us, Dugs.
2: Well, on the Gopher Football front, they should find out very, very soon whether they land this big time graduate transfer linebacker, Tony Fields, the second, three year starter at Arizona. He's an NFL player. The Gophers are working hard internally. They feel really confident they should. I mean, they're one of the final three. It's the Gophers, West Virginia, and Texas. Hmm. There is no real connection to Texas. At West Virginia, there's an assistant coach there, the defensive coordinator, who actually recruited fields to Arizona. So this defensive coordinator knows fields really well. So there is a strong personal connection, fields, to this coach at West Virginia, who, by the way, actually spent a year coaching uh, with the Gophers recently. So just, you know, an interesting sidebar there. But I know Joe Rossi and others with the Gophers are working incredibly hard, and there is internal hope that they can land this big-time graduate transfer linebacker. On the Wolves' front, there still is hope that they will get clearance from the NBA guys just to play five-on-five. It wouldn't even be a mandatory minicamp. Like, if you're James Johnson, you're comfortable right now in Miami. If you're James Johnson, you're not flying up here for a minicamp in September, right? I'm just telling you, James Johnson is not coming up here. So, it wouldn't be mandatory. A guy like Malik Beasley, who's a restricted free agent, or Hernan Gomez, like you're not likely going to participate in this mini camp, but it would be nice for some of the younger guys, bring up some guys from Iowa. Like right now, it's like a max of two guys on the court at one time. And really, you're not even able to compete against each other at Mayo Clinic Square. It's just, it's a coach putting an individual player through a workout, but they're tested daily. And we can debate whether you know some people are still waiting to get tested or to get their results back, but the Wolves are able to test daily and get back immediate results. Like If you can do that, why wouldn't the NBA at least give them clearance to play five-on-five five in September at Mayo Clinic Square? We get it. Another bubble is not going to happen. You're not doing a 14 bubble or an 18 bubble with the eight teams that are not in Orlando, but I do think it makes logical sense for the NBA to eventually allow the Wolves – and these other teams that, that are not in Orlando to at least scrimmage. So the Wolves hope for that come September. The Wolves had a recent draft interview with McKinley Wright, Champlain Park High School, Colorado. He is now back in Boulder at the University of Colorado, but he got some feedback from the Wolves before deciding to head back to Colorado. Also, on the Gopher basketball front, they should find out very soon on Liam Robbins whether he will be immediately eligible. There is optimism that he will be granted immediate eligibility. Also, Marcus Carr still isn't in town. Jamal Mashburn Jr. isn't in town. Brandon Johnson isn't in town. And David Mutoff is not in town. But the Gophers are not concerned about those four. I mean, those four are training on their own. Otherwise, all Gopher basketball players are in town right now going through workouts. I've heard good things about Gabe Kausher and Booth Gotch. Hmm. That's Darren Doogie Wolfson, our friend from the News Kill those mice,
1: i'm working uh, on it yeah
0: tom and jerry fan (laughs) thank you you can find his scoop podcast every week on apple spotify and Scornorth.com. yes
2: and a new episode should post i gotta record it tomorrow i've got a conversation with richard patino jared vanderbilt of the timberwolves tyrell terry local kid who is staying in the nba draft i do think he'll be a first round pick d la kid who played the one year at stanford so, yeah, that should post episode 309 sometime on Friday. Nice. Thank you, Doogie. And that's got a wrap sp-
0: on this episode of Mackie and Judd. Please give us a five-star rating and a positive review on Apple if you could. It helps spread the word about the show. And remember, our daily Vikings conversations in-depth as part of Purple Daily, Apple, Spotify, ScoreNorth.com, and YouTube.com slash ScoreNorth. See you guys tomorrow for Action Movie Rewind Friday. Mm-hmm.